suggests that the repeating of the practice is the best way to ensure that a doubter's faith will return. This is perhaps best explained by a midrash, a rabbinic commentary on a biblical text. This midrash explains a curious turn of phrase in the book of Exodus, Na'asev nishma, which means we will do and we will hear, or we will do and we will understand, a phrase drawn from Exodus 24, in which the people of Israel proclaim, All the words that God has spoken we will do and we will hear. The word order, the rabbis have observed, doesn't seem to make any sense. How can a person obey God's commandment before they hear it? But the counterintuitive lesson, the Midrash continues, is precisely that one acts out God's commands— one does things unto God, and eventually through the doing one will come to hear and understand and believe. In this midrash, the rabbis have offered an apology for spiritual practice, for doing. Spiritual practice is a phrase that means what it says. Madeleine Lengel once likened spiritual practice to piano etudes. You do not necessarily enjoy the etudes— you want to skip right ahead to the sonatas and concertos, but if you don't work through the etudes, you will arrive at the sonatas and not know what to do. So, too, with the spiritual life. It's not all about mountaintops. Mostly it's about training so that you'll know the mountaintop for what it is when you get there. All religions have spiritual practices. Buddhists burn sage and meditate. Muslims avail themselves of their prayer rugs. Christian tradition has developed a wealth of practices, too—fasting, almsgiving, vigil-keeping, confessing, meditating. True enough, Christians in America, especially Protestants in America, have not historically practiced those practices with much discipline, but that is beginning to change. In churches and homes everywhere, people are increasingly interested in doing Christianity, not just speaking or believing it. Here is the place where so-called Jewish-Christian relations become practical. If the church wants to grow in its attendance to, in its doing of, things for the God of Israel, we might want to take a few tips from the Jewish community. There are, of course, some key differences between how Jews and Christians understand the doing of practice, differences that are perhaps most succinctly captured with Paul's words, Christ and Him crucified. The Jewish practices I wish to translate into a Christian idiom are binding upon Jews. Jews are obligated to fulfill the particularities of Mosaic law. They don't light Sabbath candles simply because candles make them feel close to God, but because God commanded the lighting of candles. Closeness might be a nice byproduct, but it is not the point. Christians will understand candle lighting a little differently. Spiritual practices don't justify us. They don't save us. Rather, they refine our Christianity. They make the inheritance Christ gives us on the cross more fully our own. The spiritual disciplines, such as regular prayer and fasting and tithing and attentiveness to our bodies, can form us as Christians throughout our lives. Are we obligated to observe these disciplines? Not generally, no. Will they get us into heaven? They will not. Practicing the spiritual disciplines does not make us Christians. Instead, the practicing teaches us what it means to live as Christians. There is an etymological clue here. Discipline is related to the word disciple. 
The ancient disciplines form us to respond to God over and over, always, in gratitude, in obedience, and in faith. Herewith, a small book of musings on and explorations in those practices. Naase Venishma 1. Shabbat Sabbath Recently at a used bookstore I came across Nan Fink's memoir, Stranger in the Midst, the story of her conversion to Judaism. She describes the preparations she and her soon-to-be husband made for Shabbat. On Friday afternoon, at the very last minute, we'd rush home, stopping at the grocery to pick up supplies, flying into the kitchen we'd cook ahead for the next twenty-four hours, soup and salad, baked chicken, yams and applesauce for dinner, and vegetable chillant or lasagna for the next day's lunch. Sometimes I'd think how strange it was to be in such a frenzy to get ready for a day of rest.